Welcome into the pod, everyone. This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gillian, joining us as always from our studio in an undisclosed location somewhere definitely inside the greater Los Angeles area. Your favorite coach and mine, Luke Walton. What up, coach? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, so, uh, coach, uh, three games in, can I get your, you know, just one, two word response? Absolutely. That was your one word response. Thanks, coach. <laughs> Progress. Quick se- <laughs> um, some quick housekeeping. Um, if you're enjoying the pod, please subscribe on iTunes or whatever uh, platform you use for listening to podcasts. Follow Luke Walton Talks Lakers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to get our coach's take on everything happening with the purple and gold. Luke, with that, I think uh, you wanted to kind of chat a little bit about, a little bit about what's going on this season. Some recaps, some thoughts. Let's see what you have to say. So we are three games in. Uh, we've been able to see these guys a little bit. Finally got to see KCP in last night's loss against the Pellies. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm inheartened. I'm not disheartened. I'm inheartened <laughs> about what have we been seeing. You, so you have a heart. But. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, Wizard of Oz style. Uh, so I, I, last night we got to see some interesting things, some really good different lineup changes against a team that's just as hard of a matchup as the Clippers in that first game. And so we saw... We saw Zoe uh, getting having Drew, Drew Holiday all up in his business in a similar way to Pat Beverly. Uh, saw him fight through that a little bit. Obviously, his three-point percentage wasn't as good last night. Um, but some really great moments. For example, like we're watching Kuz hit clutch shots down the stretch in the fourth quarter, getting passed to by Lonzo. Finally seeing a little bit of that interaction I wanted to see in the first game. And uh, Mr. Uh, Keep It 100. Have you noticed that tattoo that Kuz has got? Oh yeah. Oh, oh Kuz keeps it 100. <laughs> I can't believe he got the 100 emoji tattooed on his shoulder. So weird, but whatever. You do you, Kuz. Do you, uh, do you think he has other emojis? Do you think he has other emoji tats? <laughs> right. Yeah, you take off his shirt and he's just covered in emojis. What other emoji tats do you think he has? <laughs> oh, the the salsa dancer for sure. Oh, that's just a good one. Big salsa dancer on his back. I guess a lot of players have the the hands praying one, but it was pre-emoji. Oh. I'm excited for like a young up-and-coming kid to, instead of getting the realistic hands, to get the emoji hands praying on his <laughs> yes. shoulder. Yes, exactly. That'll be and a good have one. A hu- they'll have a huge DJ career. <laughs> <laughs> But I've, I've got to say that uh, so this team is one of the most interesting to watch because it goes so quickly because it's a fast team. They're playing fast. It goes so quickly from one of the most amazing basketball plays you've ever seen to one of the worst in just quick succession. Like Lonzo at the end of the first half last night couldn't inbounds the ball because he didn't give himself enough room from him and the defender. He was too close uh, to, to the baseline on, on the opposing opposing team's basket. They couldn't inbound the ball. He tries to get it, bounces off his chest, hits his foot, rolls out of bounds, their ball, they quickly score. And then Zoe gets the ball back again, makes an amazing pass uh, to, to Larry Nance, total dime, right to close the half. And so it's 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 really fun because you're basically just watching this team go, yeah, no, the entire game. Uh, but at least there's yes. A couple years ago, it was just all no's. The only person that I have exception on that rule, though, is Randall. What's the deal? What's going on with his season so far? It's not, it's not up to him. It's, it's not up to him. It's not up to him. Have you have you noticed that that's his response? That every time someone asks him, "Hey Julius, like what 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 can you what can you do to get more minutes?" He goes, "It's not up to me. It's not up to me, man." 
Talk about a bad attitude. I know, man. It's, he just had such a weird start to his season, especially comparing it against somebody like Kuzma, who's just he's he should have been a nobody. He should have been a guy that you know maybe two years uh, with some playing time ends up breaking into a bench rotation. Yeah, the difference is that Kuzma does it, like the four things that Randall can't do. Listen, and those are the four things that we need a player let's to hear do. It, okay, let's hear it. so one one is a physical limitation. Kuzma's much longer than Randall. Every time Randall tries to go at the basket, he has to fade away. He has to do a little teardrop. Uh Even when he drives, he has to kind of pick a side, and he still can't really finish with his right hand, so defenders can can really get on him when he goes to his left. So length is an issue with him. That's a defensive and offensive issue. Um, Two, Kuzma hits threes, which Randall still can't do. It's okay. Not everyone can shoot threes. Like, but unfortunately, he has limitations in other parts of his play that that make that a, a bigger problem. Um, three, Kuzma defends. Um, and again, like Randall, just he he always gets beat. He's not good at sliding over. He's not good at helping. Um, it, there's just there's just a lot of problems there. Um, and four, I had a fourth, but I'm forgetting my fourth. What's my fourth? <laughs> He's he's seriously lacking in the emoji department. He doesn't he he yeah he doesn't keep it a hundred and and Kuzma does. That's actually that's actually a great way to put it. Rand, Randall, if he kept it a hundred, if he was going full throttle, that dude could be an all star. That's why, but that's what's so frustrating about him. And everybody, even Magic says stuff like this, where it's like if Randall could get his consistency right, he'd be an elite player. But there's just as we've seen already in three games and how, how can you not how can you not have a monster game against the Suns as randall how can you not dominate oh just assert yourself? Yeah. i remember my fourth point and that's the kuzma gets to the line yeah that's that's a weird thing too to be such a big guy yeah which randall doesn't which is which is inexplicable because he's so big he should be able to push through people i the thing about randall and we've seen this with other players before um like Kyle Lowry is kind of an exception to this. And we see these players every summer who get in the best, quote, the best shape of their life. But then they come back and play basketball and they're the same basketball player they were before. And it's because it, it wasn't about strength or conditioning. It was about, yeah. it was about their mentality, right? It was about, it was about their attitude. It was about their energy. Um, and, and unfortunately, I think we're seeing that with Randall. It's like, mm-hmm. great, dude, you're shredded. That's awesome. You got married. You, you're having a great life, right? You are your best self off the basketball court right now. And that's awesome. But unfortunately, you know, he didn't make improvements in the things that are going to earn him minutes this season. And so when he's, for him to just say, it's not up to me, it's not up to me, it's not up to me, it's like, well, it, it is it is up to you, right? Like, coach can't make you try harder. Or play smarter. That's a that's a you thing, you know? Like, so. like you're saying, is it, it a, lot, a lot of what it is is he's just not in the right place, especially on defense. Yeah. And, and some like lazy things too. Like when, when Kuzma accidentally, like you can tell accidentally doesn't fight through a screen. And then his, is the guy that he's guarding gets an open three. You can tell that he's bent out of shape about it. When Randall is guarding his guy with 10 foot of space in between him and the three pointer, and he doesn't even get his hands up. It's like Mark Jackson, hand down, man down. That is Julius's life. <laughs> Yeah, Mark Jackson would not be proud and of that. It's, it's something something weird about it too. Is like whenever Julius has an opportunity to score. So there, there was one very specific play. Zoe gets a steal, beautiful steal. Tempo's starting to pick up again. Passes up to Ingram. Ingram with a great pass all the way across the court to Randall. Hits Randall right in the chest. Randall doesn't grab the ball. Rolls into the arms of the defender. One of the Pelicans chucks it up. Gets an easy two. 
And it's it's like all of his plays are extra negative. Like they'll he'll miss, but he'll miss in such a fashion that our entire team is stunned that he missed or something like that. And then the the opposing team will be able to go down and get points. Yeah, I, there was a similar play in the the Suns game. There was something like that where there was a cro- full full court pass to him, and he got it and just couldn't finish. And he was like it was like a, he was being defended by a guard. I remember a Suns yeah. guard. I know exactly. Right? Like not some nineteen, not a great one. Yeah. A Suns guard, um, and he just couldn't do it. Yeah. So I, one thing you, you mentioned that I wanted to, to tell a funny story about is sure. you were saying that this team just like it's it's highs and then it's lows and then it's fast and then it's slow. Yeah, no, so, no, come on, guys. So last night I was driving back from from uh, from my in-laws house. Uh-huh. It's my first time using that phrase, by the way, uh, driving home from the in-laws house, trying to to keep an eye on the game. We listened to a little bit of it on the radio, um, but that's not very fun when one of the people in the car like doesn't really enjoy that or uh-huh. can't really follow. So I'm checking on my phone and, you know, I see we're down early. So I, you know, check back in a little bit. I see, you know, we kind of are down most of the first half, but it's, it's within reach, but we're down. Keeps going. Uh, we stop at in and out to get dinner on the way back. And after finishing my double, double protein style, I get back into the car and I'm like, all right, let's see how bad we're losing. And I look and we're down 21 and I'm like, oh, okay, well that's that. Five minutes later, I check my phone again. We're down by three. We we had a great run. We what? played great defense. What we went we like a twenty to five run. I think when I watched the recap, and then yeah. uh, a few minutes later, we're up by three. I get home. There's uh, like two minutes left, and I'm like, all right, all right. I think we were down by two by the time I got home. I was like, let's get this on the television. Let's watch this. I pull it up. We're down by seven. Yeah. And there's like fifty seconds left. Yeah. And and you're right. It's 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 so fast. The highs come so fast, and then it comes crashing down so quickly. Absolutely. Like the margin is razor thin for this team right now. Absolutely. And I think that we we're going to be able to steal some games like what just happened yesterday. I think the way that it kind of played out is that the Pelicans are a better team than we are currently. I know they're not a good team, but it's a lot of it's about team construction. Is that they they have really big, experienced guys, and like trying to watch our team try to contain boogie they, they they did their best um the first half ad got like 25 and 10 in the first half so i there's there's only so much you can do with him with boogie we played a better job but once it started to look close once they were realizing like oh we can actually lose this game uh then i think that they took it to a different level defensively and you know started to work the block a little bit more things that we just can't quite contend with also interesting point when we were on that run we were playing quick when we were losing we were playing slow and there was one point uh where kcp got his first big steal uh chipped in a three and really ignited the tempo of the entire game and it was like three or four quick successions back 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 six seconds or less offense on both sides and anthony davis faked an injury to slow the pace (laughs) (laughs) the brow got tired and laid on the ground was like ooh, like oh come on man that's a soccer move i mean i guess he's he's had such an injury history that he knows that if he lays down people are gonna believe it right but it's like come on man don't don't play me like that we we were in a flow and you just gotta ruin it yeah i mean i think i think this is kind of how the season is gonna go right we're we're probably gonna lose uh pretty consistently to, to playoff bound teams like the Clippers. Particularly big ones. Yes. We should beat our, you know, bottom feeder foes. I think, uh, I like, think we could like steal one against I think we could steal one against like the Rockets. Somebody really good. Yeah. That if they play up with us, we'll have a chance. Yeah, well I mean I think and then this game is is kind of a good example of like and then against these kind of middling playoff teams, 
we've got a chance, right? And and you look at the shooting last night was terrible. So bad. If if Ingram or Lonzo improve their shooting percentage by, you know, ten to twenty percent, like we probably win that game. Definitely. Right, and that's that's cool because because like shots will fall eventually, right? Like sometimes guys have cold nights, whatever. Um, they had good looks, they just missed them, uh, and that's okay, right? That'll that's game to game. That that's not a um, a systemic issue, you know. It's not like the team's not moving the ball or they're not passing or they don't trust one another. Totally, it's not anything like that. It's just they just miss shots. And most of the time, the offense was flowing, and most of the time, it looked like they were talking on defense, helping on defense, rotating. Um, they had a pretty good weak side rotation. They were getting back in transition um, and and rebounding well. So a lot of the basic fundamentals that you want to see even in a playoff bound team or in a championship team, they were hitting them and they, they were getting it. It seems like the wheels are turning. And uh, there were a few lineups that I thought were pretty interesting. There was one where it was Zoe, Kuz, KCP, Clarkson, Bogut. And that was a pretty fun little lineup. It was quick. Uh, Bogut was kind of playing the, the quarterback a little bit like, pointing out where everybody needs to go on the back screens, and they were setting a lot of double screens and stuff like that. So Clarkson was getting some pretty good looks. Um, but th- Bogut is a great communicator. He is, and I, I love what he's bringing to this team because it seems like everybody is listening, and I think that come season's end, Bogut's going to be playing a, a decent-sized role if he's not injured. Yeah, if, if you if you watch him, he, on offense and on defense, is directing traffic mm-hmm. like crazy, and it, it, it feels like there's a, a bit of a coach on the floor there. Totally. Um, which is awesome because, like we said in the previous one, he, you know, he's been on a team that has played the way Coach uh, wants us to play, mm-hmm. and so it's great to see him able to direct that on the floor. So I have a question to ask you, and it's about Clarkson. So Clarkson had a monster game last night, absolutely incredible. But one of the things that I'm wondering about is that he is he the only player on our squad that just goes ISO and slows down the whole pace and everybody's kind of like watching him play like Lou was Lou Williams was like that Kobe obviously was like that is Clarkson getting too much of the hero ball and not you know working off screens and trying to develop more of an offense uh yes yes and no I I think it's situational I think when when the when the game is flowing right like when he's out there with guys that are moving the ball and that are playing quickly Mm -hmm. um I think he's I think he's better at that but I think it depends on how deep into the shot clock we get. Right, definitely. Um, and if, if it's, if it, like you said, if we're playing that six seconds or less style mm-hmm. and, you know, Zoe's bringing it down or, or, you know, Kuz is pushing the ball or something like that, then I think he's actually pretty good at kind of like cutting along the baseline, getting to the corner, and then hitting an open three. Right. We saw him do that a couple times last night in that, True. Uh, in that, in that, that run to come back in the, the fourth quarter. Um, but I think when we get deep into the shot clock, mm-hmm. Or I think when the ball is not moving, or when the offense is not coming off a turnover on defense, things like that, then you're totally right. Mm-hmm. He gets the ball. He thinks he's the man. He slows it down. He, you know, he waves people off. Yeah. We saw him again against the Suns. Uh, I know. Uh, you know, clear clear everyone out. Let the shot clock run and down. Just whiff it. I, yeah. Because like, he's such, he's a good player. He's a really good player. But I don't know if he he's that kind of player. And I mean, like, good for him for having confidence. And and it's true. Like on our squad, we don't really have a bunch of one-on-one guys. So it's it, we don't really. He's pretty much it, right? Is there anybody else that you could see clear everyone out and just take someone off the dribble? 
no. But but why does he need to do that, right? Like it's, <laughs> I don't it's, know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's, it's like the end of the second quarter, right. right? In a game that we're in, like it's not, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's, there's a difference between, you know, Steph Curry mm-hmm. with half a second left on the clock, uh-huh. running to half court and launching a, a half court shot to try to get a bucket at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And Lonzo with a full, sh- or not Lonzo, excuse me, Clarkson with a full shot clock, just waving everyone off. It's like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Just run a, <laughs> just run, run a play. Just run a play, right? Like, get a, get a good look. Like, we're not, right. we're not down two and we need three to win or something, right? We're not down three and we're trying to tie at the end of the game. Like, just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me either. Um, and, and when you're looking at uh, the rest of the NBA, like, uh, something that's fascinating me is how the Raptors are going to play out, the Toronto Raptors. Um, DeMar DeRozan is being told not to shoot mid-range. What else does he do? I mean, like, he's one of the best. Well, he claims he can shoot threes. He claims he can shoot threes. He just okay, has Okay, well, let's see it. Let's see it. But it's it's weird. It's just like, yeah. that is that guy's identity. He is right. he's like a, basically a throwback basketball player to, like, when we were younger. Um, like, you know, if yeah. he was in the late 90s, he'd be tearing it up. But this current style of play is diminishing the role of the – mid-range, turnaround, fade, jump. Well, and it's interesting because because he's getting that shot. Because of the way the game is changing, he's getting that shot. Um, because everyone is so worried about closing out on threes um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, because everyone's playing this kind of, like, four-out style, he's ending up with a ton of space and really open looks from, from 18 feet from the basket. And he's good at those shots. He, he hits them at a high percentage. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's a little strange... Um, it's like they're kind of trying to force a square peg into a round hole, and, and I don't know if they need to. Um, like, I, I don't think DeMar DeRozan is necessarily the, the problem on that team. You Sure, you want your guys to, to shoot the most efficient shots possible. Um, but him saying, like, I can, I can make them, I just haven't. It's like, yeah, and I could be the starting quarterback for the you know, Dallas Cowboys, but I just haven't. Right, and I could be LA's favorite coach. I just just happened to <laughs> share hey, the name. Hey, of- favorite, favorite is still in contention. <laughs> I, I prefer soon to be favorite because that gives just enough of. That's right. That's right. I like that you're. I know. I like that you're not Coach Luke Walton. You're Luke Coach Walton. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to make a distinguished. That's your. That's your nickname, here. not your title. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I am coach. I'm not really a coach. <laughs> um, uh, so, did you hear about uh, uh, Steph Curry uh, getting uh, getting fined because he threw his mouthpiece? Yeah, what is with he? This is the second time now he's throwing his mouthpiece at someone in anger. But this quote is awesome. I didn't throw my mouthpiece at the ref. I got better aim than that. <laughs> well, no, my my favorite part was Durant that. flipping off the ref afterwards. <laughs> it was crazy. Because I will say, for a man with with such large hands, he had the smallest little finger I've ever seen. Go watch the video. He's doing this. He literally, see, like, he's just got the nub. Let's see if we can nub. put it on the Instagram. We'll put it on the Instagram. Yeah, he's got the nub of his middle finger, like, just the last little portion of it sticking out. It's <laughs> it's like he wanted to do it, but he was hoping no one would see it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was he was scared. Yeah, he, it was he's, great. He's, Durant's still still getting comfortable in this, this snake thing, which I don't think is him at all. Uh, but he's just kind of, it's like, it's like watching Walter White. <laughs> <laughs> Try to be bad, <laughs> right? And it's like he's got to put on that hat and like get all 
<laughs> get all ready. Uh, yeah, the the whole the whole Twitter scandal where he's replying on his own behalf, and it's just it's just funny yeah. watching where Durant is at. I would never would have expected it. Here's the, here's an interesting stat for you. So um, there have been three players uh, who have gotten. 29, 11, and 9, so 29 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, or more um, at younger than age 21. That's LeBron James with 47, 12, and 9, Michael Jordan with 35, 14, and 15, and Lonzo Ball with 29, 11, and 9. So a pretty cool stat, Yeah. but even cooler than that, so Lonzo Ball's birthday is on, I don't know this offhand, I'm not that weird, uh, is on October 27th. If Lonzo gets a triple-double in the next game, he will be the only teenager in NBA history with a triple-double. Yeah, so this 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 segues really nicely into something that I wanted to talk about, if you don't mind. Okay, really quick, for all the listeners, I have a dog named Kobe. Uh, he is a six-month-old Bernadoodle. Occasionally, you might hear him crying in the background. He's a puppy. Puppies cry, and he's doing it right now. Kobe, Kobe, come here. Come here, buddy. Stop. Stop barking. All right, we'll see what happens with that. But anyways, if you hear if you hear like whimpering in the background, it's it's just my puppy. It's just the black mamba. It's just the black mamba. He's crying in his muse, muse cage right now. That's what we that's what we call his crate. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at it, crying. I think he wants into the muse cage. Um, okay, so that that segues nicely into something that I wanted to to, to mention, which is, is it possible for Lonzo to average a triple double this season? Yeah, if guys hit shots. So so here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, last season, uh-huh. through three games, Russell Westbrook averaged 38.6 points, 7.6 assists, and 8.6 rebounds. This season, through three games, Lonzo is averaging 13.3 points, 8.7 assists, and 9.3 rebounds. S- clearly less points, right? Well, right? That, that's, there's a lot of reasons for that. That's not changing. But he is averaging, he's averaging more assists and more rebounds than Westbrook did. Now, it's a small sample size. It's only three games. But he's gotten really close, uh, in, at least in a couple games. I don't think it's out of the question. I, I think that it all comes down to number of possessions, is that this team wants a high number of possessions. We, we, that's kind of what we need, is to be able to get that flow going. We need to get defensive stops in transition and just really get the ball going quickly. And so if we can, if we can play that style of ball and if we can start to force bigger teams to follow us rather than us getting mired in the mud of like these big lumbering giants, uh, then, then we can start to see Lonzo, I think be able to get a triple double again with like probably, you know, probably 10 to 18 points is probably more reasonable. Um, but he's rebounding really well. It's amazing how well that's, and easily that's translated to the NBA level. People always say that rebounding is something that you kind of innately know just based on the way the ball bounces. And it's clear that Lonzo's got that gift. Yeah. So here's here's my, I have two follow-up questions to this. If Lonzo can average a triple-double or, or near or near a triple-double, is he, is he hands down the rookie of the year? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, has that ever happened before? Uh, I'm, I, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm, I'm sure LeBron and Michael probably had, you know, seasons. Yeah, probably close, but, but I... And then here's here's the really ridiculous question, right? And I, I'm going to put on my Laker fan cap here for a second. Sure. If Lonzo averages a triple-double in his rookie of the year, is he also the MVP oh of the God. league? No, because MVPs generally... Uh, OKC last year, not exactly withstanding. So I understand that I'm, I'm cut. It's, it's always a one or two. It's always a right. player from it's, a one it's, or two. It's usually somebody that's doing well. But if you have a, uh-huh. a rookie, a yeah. rookie, 
uh-huh. who averages a triple double in the NBA. Uh-huh. I, like, I mean, it, tell me how that's not the most valuable player in the league. It's it's certainly the most valuable asset. So I will give you that. I don't know if he'd be the most valuable okay. player because I think that that, uh, to an extent, is saying that that player makes heads up moves. You know, isn't isn't losing the ball out of bounds. You know, and and Lonzo's going to do that, yeah. and there's no there's no problem with that. That's just part of you know learning how to play out here. Like and and also to be fair, Lonzo probably I'd be surprised if he didn't probably will have some sort of slump throughout the year. Uh, just the, yeah, of course. The of long course. season I mean, will he, wear on him. He's not actually gonna gonna win MVP. I know. I know no, that. no, There's of, a course, zero of course, no, this, of course. This is super fun. I will feel very justified if at any point in the season he's on an ESPN poll. Oh yeah, that would be. That's enough. That's enough. That's all I or, want. That's how about that's this? All just I want. one. I, I just want. I just want. I just want it on the ESPN Chiron, right? Lonzo Ball MVP question yes. mark. Oh, how about this? How about one vote that isn't Luke Walton? <laughs> For MVP. <laughs> so he's got to be included right down at the bottom when they list all the other names. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be great. ESPN is just thirsty enough to do something Absolutely. like that, too. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's in such a funny position for a rookie. Like, I'm just on doing hashtags on our Instagram, which is at Luke Walton Talks Lakers. Um, I'm I'm like hashtag Brandon Ingram. It's like fifty five thousand posts. Hashtag Brook Lopez. Thirteen thousand posts. Hashtag Lonzo Ball. Two hundred million posts. It's like oh my god. <laughs> Every person <laughs> in the United States is hashtagging. Lonzo it's Ball. Like, I kind of feel bad for Brandon Ingram because he doesn't have the kind of fan page support or <laughs> like insane social media that that Zoe does. Granted, I mean, uh, Zoe is so easily. Uh, recognizable because of his father and Ingram. Well, I mean, you, you've met Brandon Ingram. Like he's, oh, he's, he's not a super outgoing person. No, he's, he's, it, but he's exactly the player we want. Like he's just seems like a chill, hardworking, very quiet, knowledgeable guy that just wants to do his best. Yeah. And uh, that's the way he plays too. You know, he's, he's not, he's not ripping people's heads off, but man, is he, he is so much more aggressive this year. Yes. Yes. You know, the shots are going to keep, are going to fall. He's going to improve, but, but his aggression is great. Like, and he's, he's not even backing down from finishing in the lane against guys like cousins that's that's wild i never like would have thought that just you know this early in his sophomore year yeah he's he's going after people he's going after people and it's great uh one of one of my funniest like like the funniest things to me watching the game on uh on spectrum they're not a sponsor spectrum is not a sponsor of this podcast if they would like to be a sponsor of this podcast uh hit us up at Luke Walton Lakers on Twitter, <laughs> which is good because I was about to say something bad about Spectrum. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Bill McDonald. So I love Stu Lance. I love Stu Lance forever. Um, I I, uh, I would have liked Spiroditas to have been able to stick around. Yes, as play yes, by I play. agree. And I think he would have been great as a dual cast play by play. They offered him the simulcast, and he turned it down because he wanted to do football. Dumb. Really dumb. I really like that guy. How dumb is he, that decision now? <laughs> NFL's dying, man. Talk about picking the wrong horse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your horse just broke his leg, Spiroditas. <laughs> but instead we have Bill McDonald, and he, he says whenever he gets excited, he turns into Oprah. Lonzo <laughs> Ball. You're totally right. I hadn't ever thought about that. All the time. And here come the Lakers. <laughs> well, meanwhile, you have like the Lakers PA guy in the back with like the, the graveliest voice going, Oh, I love him. Lakers. Girls, 
It's like the creepiest thing. <laughs> I guess it's maybe to offset offset the the TV team. Right. I lo- and I I just love when you hear his his rumble from the back when somebody uh somebody makes a shot. Larry Nance. It's like whoa. <laughs> God. So we talked about Randall a little bit, but I want to I want to go back to Randall for a second. Shoot. Um, my 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 friend Corey, friend of the pod. Corey Bobma, mm-hmm. big Laker fan. Uh, he texted me in the middle of this the Suns game. I told you about this, and he just said, "Randall is gone." I could I could see it. Uh, yeah, and I mean I, can't, I I think I think we all can. So so here here's the question. Uh, I think, um, you know, I think for for a number of reasons we've we've believed that even if Randall had a great season, which which we were all hoping he would, and I think we all still hope that he can turn a corner and and, and play really well this season for us. Definitely. Um, uh, I, I believe he has a player option at the end of this season. Team. Oh, or he might. T- oh, t- that's right. Excuse me. Team option at the end of the season. Uh, and I think there's a, a general belief that the, the team is not going to pick that pick up that option because we're trying to open up cap space for some max players. And um, there's been a lot of speculation that the team is going to trade him to try to you know not just let him walk and get nothing for uh, you know uh, f- yeah like a f- former first round pick. Um, but I'm starting to wonder, like, it, is, is there a trade out uh, there? That's, I'm a little worried about that. And, and then if, if so, what is the lowest that you would trade JR? Well, that's the thing. So, uh, you know, to me, I think if there's a team that is interested in, in taking him, I feel like they're probably going to ask for something else, right? Yeah. They're going to ask for another player or they're going to ask us to take on a contract, which is not something that, that the team is going to be willing to do. No. Um, and you know, and I think un- unfortunately, to move Dang, we might have to be willing to to tie mm-hmm. a player to that contract, right? So yeah, so we or or a draft pick or something, some type of uh, you know interesting, appealing asset. So we really can't afford, I don't think, to to spend very much trading Randall away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm starting to wonder if maybe the course of action is just to let the season play out and not uh, not pick up the option and and not have to give away a player like Brandon Ingram or not have to trade KCP or or someone like that to, to be able to get him off the book, so to speak. Well, I, I would be willing, um, to trade one of the expiring contracts because like, there's no, like, I love having KCP on this team. He asserted himself last night and we're able to see what kind of defensive awareness that he has and he's able to pick up the tempo. Um, but you know, if we had to package one of those expiring contracts with Randall, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Sure. We'd lose some more games. And so ideally I'd yeah. like to do that right at the trade deadline. And I'm sure that's what Plank is thinking too, since we don't own our, our first pick. Um, so I, but at the same time, like I could see a team taking a flyer on Julius Randall, even if they just wanted an expiring contract and throwing us a second rounder, but man, what a drop in value. Right. But wouldn't you like, wouldn't you rather send KCP or Brooke or Bogut or someone on an expiring deal, mm-hmm. uh, to like a playoff team in need of that player. Right. Yeah. So, so we're the one with the leverage and then we Kinda say like Houston. Yeah. And we say, Hey, you want a, an all-star center. Great. We'll send you one. You have to take dang. That's the cost of this player. Right. right. And I'm, I'm sure that we I'm sure that we tried that with uh, when we traded Lou Williams to the Rockets. You know, I, I'm sure that we, we tried it and they're like, ah, how about you know, late first round? Right. Like, okay, right. Okay. Which 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 turned into uh, Is that Josh Hart. Wait, no. Yeah, I think that was Josh Hart. Never mind. That wasn't the yeah, Kuzma was the Brooklyn, Brooklyn deal. deal. Josh Hart yeah. had some yeah. great plays last night. Heads up. 
Yeah, it's like I saw that. Stuff that you do not expect a rookie to do, but and not gloating about it. Just like I know my role. I'm 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 trying to get minutes and just working hard. I just love the heart of this team. It seems like they're well coached. I, I'm excited to see where they're going. See what you did there. You love the heart of this team. Eh? Josh Hart, nice. Oh, yeah. Well, we also oh, have yeah. like our backup point guard is like a three-headed monster of of people you've never heard of, of Alex right, Caruso, Tyler Ennis, and Josh Hart. I, I I don't really like how Ennis and Caruso have started <laughs> this year. That's definitely no, no for 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 all of the uh, for for all of the truth around the fact that Kuzma is not an aberration from summer league in the preseason. Um, Alex Caruso certainly is, <laughs> which is fine. He signed a two-way contract. That, that's that's what he's here for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Keep developing, and and I, I think he's he's a great practice squad guy. You know, be able to get, keep people trying an up-tempo offense. But man, the man's just a turnover machine. You know, he he tries to force passes, and he doesn't quite have the arm like Lonzo does. And so, and one of the things that frustrates me too is that Randall just can't catch Lonzo's passes. He'll get under the basket, wide open, zip a pass to him, and then he'll make Lonzo look bad. And the camera will zoom in on Lonzo, and he'll be like, uh, but it was a good pass that if you just either had a little bit more arm length or or just got into a better position and had his eyes up looking for the ball, you know, I, I think that he would be less turnover prone. Okay, so so what I would like to know is, is last night, I guess the team team total shooting percentage was a little under 50%. The starters were much worse than that. Oh, the starters, the the beginning of the first quarter was atrocious. I think we missed 11 or 12 shots in a row. Yeah, and Lonzo had 13 assists. Mm-hmm. Can we think about that for a second? <laughs> Can you, like, imagine if this team had, like, a respectable shooting percentage last night. Yeah. I, I'm, like, what is the assist record? What is, like, the per-game assist record? I, I don't know. So you're talking about LeBron and Magic and Lonzo comparing some rookie year totals, seeing if Lonzo could actually average a triple-double or somewhere near it. Uh, LeBron started off with 5.9 assists, 5.5 rebounds, and 20.9 points as his per-game average. And uh, Magic here, he had similar numbers. He had 18 points. Uh, 7.3 assists and 7.7 total rebounds. So I, you know, I could see closer to where Magic was at for his rookie year. I could see Lonzo putting up fairly similar numbers, if not better, on the assist side. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at single game uh, leaders for for assists. So in first place is Scott Skiles with 30 assists in, in, single, uh, in game. single game. Then in, in second, third, and fourth place is John Stockton with 28, 27, 26. In fifth place is Jason Kidd with 25. There's a few other people with 25. Kevin Johnson, Nate McMillan, Isaiah Thomas, D- Detroit's Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Rajon Rondo with 24. Ramon Sessions with 24. And then Magic Johnson also had 24 twice. John Stockton continues to be on this list at every single assist Absolutely. level. But again, if you think about it, like he had 13 and the team was shooting like crap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying he's going to break this record, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's unreasonable to think that he could he could have a, a 24 assist game at some point in his rookie season. Particularly if he gets a Malone, you know, like that's that's what this team is clearly missing is a big force who's like and he's got to be older, too. We need we need like a big 28, 29 year old who knows the game and just can like if we had Blake Griffin or if we had Boogie Cousins or something like that, this team would just have a completely different character because there would be a, 
uh, anchor of somebody like Lopez and then another huge that's what Randall should be bringing but yes. he's just not quite big enough or strong enough yet I don't know. well and so so looking forward imagine if this team gets LeBron oh yeah imagine the assist numbers if he can just like you know 25 seconds at the top of the shot clock to give it to LeBron drives basket mm-hmm. I think the two of them could could set a record Totally. And and that's what Zoe needs is that he passes up the ball really quickly when he uh, crosses half court, sometimes before he even crosses half court. So he's not a Russell Westbrook type that's going to drive and kick. He's far more of a guy that's interested in hitting the cutter or, or, or setting setting a play into motion than going and, and setting a screen. He's not exactly that uh, even John Waltz type of point guard that's going to try to penetrate and then make the initial pass he's far quicker than that yeah well the, the most he'll do is take two or three steps inside the three-point line and then if like brooke is trailing or something he'll drop it back to him he's done that mm-hmm. probably five or six times this season right that little bounce pass too or over the head yep yeah it's a little baby hook pass uh-huh <laughs> I, what i want to see is how just how powerful those things are because on on screen it you know it doesn't look like it's anything that crazy but it's the same thing like a a pitcher in baseball well randall's in the best shape of his life and he can't catch him so they're probably probably going pretty pretty hot the same thing probably could have been said about kwame brown (laughs) i just don't want randall to go the way of the kwame Uh, i mean at least we didn't take him number one overall i know yeah that's true God. I, I guess one thing I'll say is, is like, I have a friend, my friend Kip is like a big Kentucky basketball fan. And whenever I bring up Randall, he always tells me, I'm not the biggest Julius Randall fan. That's telling. That's and telling. That's the only Kentucky Wildcat that he says that about. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Boogie Cousins, Anthony Davis, all of their other bigs that are in the NBA, even Scal, even Scal LeBissier, mm-hmm. like, he prefers Scal to Randall. Mm. And Scal's like a lankier Brandon Ingram who's not as good. A lankier Brandon Ingram. He's literally Gumby on the court. Oh, it's it's the most telling is to see how many minutes Larry Nance is getting, and he, Larry Nance is. I I still think he's clearly not a starter. He's he's a great he's a great player. He's an asset. Uh, yeah, to the team, I don't think but he I don't should think be he's a starter in the NBA at least not yet. Well, let's put it this way: he's not a starter on a real playoff contender. Exactly. That's that's yeah. more what I mean. Yeah. Um, if he if he got a three point shot, if he was deadly, especially if he could be like Odom, where where Odom was able to hit those those baseline threes, if Nance could get because he's gonna he's gonna get open down there, especially with these bigger matchups. Um, if he could get that, then I I'd reconsider. Then I think he might elevate his game up to a level that he could be a starter. He's just a little bit bigger too. He needs to, he needs to get some more size. Yeah, and we're seeing we're seeing coups start to creep in on those power forward minutes as well. He is, and uh, by the end of the season, man, this he's the real deal. That some of these moves that he makes are just so athletic and so heads up. Um, he he's got he's got the most potential out of almost anybody on this team. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty Which is so surprising. Again, like we got very very lucky drafting him. You you know you got a good player when every other GM is now saying like, oh, we had him on the board. If the Lakers hadn't taken him, we were going to take him. If we re- like, if yeah, we redid right. the draft right now. Obviously, it's a little early to be able to tell what all of the prospects are doing. But if we redid the draft right now, do you think the Coos would go top five? Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know about top five because he's he's very. I think he'd be an er, more early first round. I think he maybe would be a lottery pick potentially. I think he could be like borderline lottery pick because I still think he's he's not the guy that you're going to build your franchise around potentially, right? Like he he. I think he's a great you know, maybe a starter in this league, but like 
early early bench play or something like that. I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's exceeded expectations at every level, but I, I still think that some of those those lottery guys are have a higher ceiling. Yeah, at least at this point. But I, I'm going to say that I'm more bullish on, on the Coos. And I, I think if I were the Kings, I think I would have gone with Coos instead of De'Aaron Fox. I, I like Fox. He's fun. He just had he just had a play where he hit, I'll put this on the Instagram too, where he hits a three and he goes, Kamehameha! <laughs> <laughs> Drains the three. NBA players loving Dragon Ball Z is a very real thing. Uh, it's uh, and PB and J sandwiches apparently. That's, yeah, that's another yeah. really real thing. They all have a PB and J after every game. They're they're like living out my my childhood uh, as adults. I know, I know, it's wonderful. And and did you hear uh, Zoe dropped a song that was like Super Saiyan or whatever? Yeah, he's gone Super Saiyan. Level now. up, yeah. God. And then Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, had the Goku shoes. I know, and, and the Kamehameha in the end zone. So like, I'm there. There was a really cool edit on that. I'm a. We're both SC fans, so that last Notre Dame game was brutal. <sighs> that was rough. <laughs> but, but uh, ha- plenty to be happy about in Los Angeles sports with the Dodgers and the Lakers are finally fun to watch again. So. We've got and the Chargers to shut out the Broncos. To. I know that was crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I, I would I would venture to say that people in LA were mad about that. <laughs> I that's think there prob- are more that's Bronco fans true. here than Charger fans. That's probably true. Us <laughs> notwithstanding. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Us, as in me and Kobe, <laughs> your other co-host. It's the, the, ro- the, the royal us. The royal us. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jonathan Gilly and his dog, his puppy. Kobe, Kobe Bean, say Brian. Bye, Kobe. Say, say bye, Kobe. Bye-bye. Of course, this is his moment. He's not going to make any sound. Oh, of course, right when I want him to talk, he doesn't. <laughs> I know. I am Luke Coach Walton, not to be confused with Coach Luke Walton. And this is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. Follow us on Instagram, on the website, LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com, and all of the social media.